Join me for a hymn sing at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th, at Concordia University, Chicago. This year's theme, Things Above. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. Did Adam not start an insurrection against the true ruler and king of this world, seeking to install himself in God's place? And through his sin, was not death itself released on him and on those descendants of his who share this same rebellious nature by birth? This is why we sing in church, in Adam, we have all been one, one huge rebellious man. We all have fled the evening voice that sought us as we ran. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. So in our last study, recall Pilate, having heard the mention of Galilee, asked if Jesus were in fact Galilean. As we saw, that's rather a complicated question to answer. It's where he was raised, but it's not where he was born. But the Jewish leaders were convinced that Jesus was a Galilean and so answer in the affirmative. Thus, Pilate decides to send off this pesky Passover problem to Herod, who was in town for the feast. And at first, remember, Herod was tickled pink. He'd been wanting to see Jesus for some time because he really wanted to see him do some miracle or other. But though Herod questions Jesus for a long while, our Lord stays silent, says absolutely nothing. When Herod sees he's being ignored, he changed his tune and he and his soldiers began to join in the ridicule of Jesus, which the chief priests and rulers were loudly shouting. Herod adds in his own little bit of mockery, he dresses Jesus up in one of his splendid royal robes and has him marched off to Pilate. Remember, Herod probably didn't think of Pilate as palming off a problem on him, but rather treating him with some due respect. Hence, St. Luke adds that from that very day, the two men who had been at enmity with each other, the Roman governor and the quasi-Jewish Tetrarch, became good friends. And we ponder that such is the power of Christ to make even his enemies be reconciled. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people. And he said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. Now, he was obliged to release one man to them at the festival. But they all cried out together, Away with this man! 
and released to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Luke 23, 13-19. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God and Father, you sent your Son to take our nature upon himself and to suffer death on the cross, that all should follow the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in his patience, and also have our portion with him in his resurrection. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So you're ready to ponder today's reading? Let's dig into it. Verse 13. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people. I wonder if by this point, the leaders were getting very nervous that their plans were going awry. Herod had mocked, but had not condemned Jesus. And the ball was now back in the court of the Roman governor. What will he decide? He summons the chief priests, rulers, and people, we may assume the very crowd that had delivered Jesus up in the first place, and announces once more his decision, his verdict. Verse 14, And he said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people, and after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. He states the problem, Look, folks, I checked out what you said about him. He's not guilty of the things you're charging him with. Remember, there were three charges. Pilate here refers only to the first, misleading the people. But he declares Jesus innocent of all three. I think we are safe to assume Pilate thought Jesus was mentally unstable and relatively harmless. And he must have wondered a bit at their vehement hatred of the man. What evoked this spite and scorn, he wondered. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And for the second time, Pilate renders his not guilty verdict. And Pilate has some backup now. Thus, he can add verse 15. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. So it's not just the Roman governor, but also the Jewish tetrarch who finds Jesus to be innocent. Well, at least innocent of any capital offense. Nothing deserving death has been done by him. That confession of the heathen governor is freighted with theological significance. In the ancient epistle to Diognetus by an unknown author written in the first half of the second century, there is great joy over this. Listen, how surpassing is the love and tenderness of God in that hour. Instead of hating us and rejecting us and remembering our wickedness against us, he showed how long-suffering he is. He bore with us and in pity. He took our sins upon himself and gave his own son as a ransom for us, the holy for the wicked, the sinless for the sinners, the just for the unjust, the incorrupt for the corrupt, the immortal for the mortal. Pilate spoke simple truth. Jesus has done nothing deserving of death, but he will head to death nonetheless in order to free from it those who have sold themselves to it, Adam and all his children, including you and me. But catch also this next bit, verse 16. I will therefore punish and release him. Wait a minute. You've just declared him innocent of all the charges brought. You've confessed he's done nothing deserving death. So why are you going to punish him at all? What's probably running in the back of Pilate's mind is the realization that they wanted to see this man suffer innocent or not. And he's thinking, perhaps, 
that if he agrees to rough him up a little bit more, he has manifestly already been roughed up a bit. They will relent and not go on demanding the death penalty for him. I'll agree to some torture, Pilate is thinking, but I won't agree to crucifixion. That's way overboard in this instance. Verse 17. Now he was obliged to release one man to them at the festival. If you're using an ESV as I am, you need to hunt this verse down in the footnote below the margin. And you'll see that in some manuscripts, it occurs right here, and in others after verse 19. He was obliged apparently means a little more than it had become customary for him to do this since assuming the governorship about five years earlier. The people look forward to this bit of amnesty, and clearly Pilate was thinking of exercising it on Jesus this year. But if that is what he was plotting, his plans are about to be derailed. Verse 18, But they all cried out together, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas. Matthew 27, 20 makes it clear that the crowd demanding Barabbas instead of Jesus was the result of instigation by the chief priests and rulers. They stirred up the crowds to reject Jesus. And so the words of Isaiah were fulfilled. Isaiah 53, verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. And this also seems to be the thought behind the words in St. John's prologue. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. It's hard for us to fathom what that moment must have felt like for him. His own, to whom he had done nothing but kindness and good, and whom he had come to save, stood there, loudly rejecting him. Away with this man! And demanding, instead of their kind savior, this Barabbas fellow. The name is surely one of the fascinating ironies in the entire gospel accounts. It means son of a father. Thus do they reject the son of the heavenly father, in order to demand instead this character, a true son of his father, Adam, for we learn about him, verse 19, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. And is this not what our first father did? Did Adam not start an insurrection against the true ruler and king of this world, seeking to install himself in God's place? And through his sin, was not death itself released on him and on those descendants of his who share this same rebellious nature by birth? This is why we sing in church, in Adam, we have all been one, one huge rebellious man. We all have fled the evening voice that sought us as we ran. We fled thee, and in losing thee, we lost our brother too. Each singly sought and claimed his own. Each man his brother slew. Yes, the Barabbas the crowds demand be released is as truly an image of our father Adam as the Jesus they reject is the perfect image of his heavenly father. St. Ambrose, the man who baptized St. Augustine in the 4th century, he found another father for Barabbas. Listen, those that violently demand the death of an innocent man fittingly seek the release of a murderer. Wickedness has such laws as to hate innocence and love guilt. The interpretation of the name gives the likeness of the image. Because Barabbas means son of the father, 
He belongs to those of whom it is said, you are of your father, the devil. They were about to choose the Antichrist as the son of their father rather than the son of God. So which one is it? Son of Father Adam or son of the devil? Well, the will of one sadly has conformed itself to the will of the other. And in that sense, both are true. But the will of the divine son, that is wholly obedient to the heavenly father. And thus he wills to give himself into this brutal exchange. We are the Barabbases he would set free. That's where we're going to hit the pause button for today. Next up, Pilate, horrified that they ask for Barabbas, speaks to the crowds again, desiring to set Jesus free. But all the while, the din grows ever louder. Crucify! Crucify! And the third time, he challenges them with the irrationality of what they are demanding. Why? What evil has he done? He tells them yet again, he's done nothing worthy of death. And he promises to punish Jesus and then release him. But they wouldn't hear of this compromise. Their voices were insistent. And then the saddest line in the scripture, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave in. He orders Barabbas to be released. And St. Luke again emphasizes the man thrown into prison for revolt and for murder. He gets set free. And Pilate decides to grant their demands by delivering Jesus up to their will. He orders the Savior of the world to be crucified. Never for one instance perceiving that this was exactly how that innocent man would be the Savior of all, including himself, including Pilate. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.